You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Good afternoon and welcome to Washington Post Live. I'm Dave Jorgensen, video producer here at The Post. Let's talk about 1883. Uh, it's the origin story for the Dutton family, central to Taylor Sheridan's other hit show, Yellowstone. The series streaming now on Paramount Plus depicts how grueling, dangerous, and unknown life on the Oregon Trail was and what it meant to fight for survival. I'm delighted to be joined today by three of the series' leads, Sam Elliott, Tim McGraw, and Isabel May. Hello. They're all there. Thank you so much for all three of you for joining hey, us here Sam, today. Hi, Isabel. Hi, guys. Hi, Sam. <laughs> nice to see you. I just could watch you all talk to each other all day. This is like, uh, I feel like, you know, I just watched all nine episodes here in this exact room, and this is a very unique experience where now you're just here talking back to me. It's like a new Paramount Plus feature where you get to Zoom the actors right afterwards. So uh, very, very excited. Uh, and a reminder to our audience, we want to join our, con who, who wants to join our conversation, that you can tweet your questions and comments to the handle at PostLive. So let's get into it. Uh, 1883 premiered to 4.9 million viewers and is the most watched title on the service globally, racking up a ton of buzz and a lot of fan theories, including mine, about where the series is going to go, especially after episode nine. Uh, one of the most impressive aspects of the series is its depiction of what the Wild West really was like in the 1880s. And so let's start here with Tim. Uh, I, I'm very curious about so many things, but I just let's let's get to the basics here for maybe people who aren't as familiar with the show or looking to get into it. Uh, James Dutton is the earlier ancestor for the central character in Taylor Sheridan's Yellowstone. Can you talk to us more about the series and the origin story for that hit show? Uh, the the series 1883 or the series Yellowstone? I'm excuse about no no talk to us about 1883. We can talk about Yellowstone another time. I want to talk to you about 1883. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it, I think I I think if the chrono chrono chronology works out correctly, is uh, I think I'm the great grandfather of of John Dutton. Um, and, you know, it, it's really about um, setting out to find a new life. And I think that uh, my character, James, is, is, is running from a lot of demons in his past. You know, he was, he was in the Civil War. Um, he was a captain in the Civil War and, and led his men into in a battle that, that most all of them were killed. He ended up being in a, in a war prison for, for three years. And, and, and Margaret, my wife, um, she nursed during the Civil War and and waited for me for three years while while raising a child. So I think he had, has a lot of PTSD, I, I think that but which wasn't a thing back then. And I think that a lot of a lot of uh, those guys, uh, Shay and Thomas and, and, and Margaret and everybody that went through that experience back then were, were looking for a better life and looking for sort of an es escape from from the, the, the turmoil in the world that was left behind after all of that and, and they were looking for a better place and, and I think that James had set out to do that. I think the most interesting thing about it for for James Dutton's character is, you know, he set out to do this alone. He set out to do this by himself with his wife, his daughter, his five year old son, his his sister, sister in law, uh, whichever she was, um his niece. <laughs> And all of them set right. off to um, to take on this this thing alone, and then then he meets up with Shay and Thomas, and and then they put together this whole wagon train of all these people and and these uh, these Eastern European immigrants that that came over to try to make a better life for themselves as well. And um, it's the it was just such a traumatic and um, trial by fire sort of experience. Nobody really knew what to expect. I think Shay and Thomas 
probably knew what to expect better than anybody else did. But um, it it was just rife with danger and and turmoil, and and you never knew. I think you never knew what was going to happen. I think I told Taylor early on when we started shooting this that I I can't imagine a time that that James Dutt never slept. I mean. I think he was constantly concerned and worried about what was going on and, and, and what was going to happen next. I think he was constantly second guessing himself in a lot of ways. I, I can't imagine a time he ever slept. I felt like I aged five years in the six months that we shot this. These two didn't age at all. <laughs> I think you're all kind of stuck in time. That was the feeling I got. I, it was You're all so good in these parts that it feels as if you are not from our time. It feels like they just somehow got cameras back to 1883 and started shooting you all and seeing what happened. Uh, and I think you do a really good job, uh, especially portraying the PTSD. And as you said, there wasn't exactly a, a vocabulary of what was happening, but I think you do a really good job of showing that. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is the the flashback scene to the Civil War, and it's just kind of you and and uh, you know, spoiler alert, minor minor spoiler alert, Tom Hanks just kind of sitting next to each other. <laughs> and uh, I, I can't imagine what that was like. But can you tell me a little bit more about that scene and and shooting that scene? Well, the first thing I can tell you is it was super hot that day and we had all those clothes on and I had all that hair on. And I, I felt like I looked like Sasquatch walking across the <laughs> walking across the battlefield. But, uh, you know, Tom's a great guy. He, it, we, we've been family friends for a long, long time. And, and Rita and Faith are best friends. And, and we, we've hung out a little bit. And, and um, I called Tom up and sent him the script. Said, look, if you have time, there's this little cameo in this thing that we're doing. Um, no pressure at all. I've never asked you to do anything, but if you feel like it, it works for you, you know, let me know. And, and right away he said, you know, tell me when and where and I'll be there. And he couldn't have been more gracious when he was on set. He was super nice to everybody. And anybody who knows Tom knows he's that kind of guy anyway. Yeah, it's, it's a little annoying. Uh, every time, I, I mean, I don't know him at all. I've never met him. But I, every story you ever hear from him, from any celebrity, of, of anyone, that's ever, they're just like, he's the best. People that had a wedding, he just runs by and takes a picture with them. Uh, <laughs> but we'll get away from Tom Hanks for now. Uh, and and I, I don't want to talk about Yellowstone at all, because I do think, as Sam, you've said in other interviews, that 1883 is is its own show. And I think that's, that's uh, true uh, in a lot of ways. But especially for me, I watched the first two episodes without even knowing it was related to Yellowstone. Uh, which tells you a lot, just just how much the show stands on its own. Uh, can you tell what it was what it was like though to work with Taylor Sheridan, who seems to be juggling about seven shows at once these days? Oh wow, that's the big question, isn't it? What's it like <laughs> to work with Taylor Sheridan? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, first first off, yeah, Yellowstone does stand, or 1883 does stand on its own because it came before Yellowstone. I'm still trying to figure out how Faith and Tim got into Yellowstone before. 1883. <laughs> but that said, Taylor's garden, you know, I mean, Taylor's the reason we're all here looking at a TV screen or a, whatever the kind of a screen we're looking at here. That shows you what a technical peasant I am. He's the reason we're all here. He's, he's the reason for everything. And he's, you know, he's, Taylor's a, quite seriously, he's a, he's a brilliant man. And he's an, incredibly talented writer he's, he's a poet in my world and i think that this lady on the screen here next to us can tell you about that better than than i can i mean the stuff that taylor writes for women mm. and particularly here for isabel to me is some of the best stuff in the film well that was and, a great transition sam 
I can, I can I can go right over to Isabel with my next question with that. Uh, go for it. <laughs> if, if I'm allow tired it. of talk already. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever been tired of hearing you talk, so I, I think no, you, you can know. rest rest easy there. <laughs> you might as well be a ringtone at this point. Um, but Isabel, I do want to ask you uh, about you know this character itself, but also the preparation for it. Uh, there's this cowboy camp that you all uh, you know got yourselves into ahead of time. Can you tell me more about that and what? I don't know, as much as detail as you can about Cowboy Camp going into filming. Yeah, I found out I'd be a part of the project before he, he'd written it, which I think most of us were a part of it before he'd written it. So I had some time to sit with this character. Um, I obviously have never experienced something like that. Uh, so I just had to kind of wait. And he told me bits of her was his first impression of, of me when I first met him. Um, and so I kind of went, well, what about myself? Do, <laughs> do I, what do I have that kind of is reflected in this character? So I had to think on that a little bit, but then uh, he told me I needed to be able to ride a horse. We all did, um, and well, and convincingly. And so I just- Mission accomplished. Oh, yeah, oh, thank you. I don't know. Yes. I, uh, I immediately jumped on one as soon as I possibly could um, and have, come to fall in love with with horses and horseback riding and um in the open plains uh <laughs> so if anyone has a cabin somewhere in the in wyoming or montana or away from civilization i would like it um i yeah we, we did cowboy camp about i think the towards the middle to end of august and uh and that just you know just fun games i mean it was it was a luxury to be involved with. I know a lot of projects don't give you that kind of time to um, create bonds, relationships with your fellow actors and um, build skills that you really will need to utilize <laughs> in, in, during the filming process. So um, it was really special. That's great. And I heard, uh, I think all of you at one point talking about uh, the physicality of just being out there and shooting. Uh, you know, Tim and, and uh, Isabel, you had done a podcast a month or so ago and where you were in Vegas and said it was very jarring to suddenly be in Vegas after just being out there shooting. Um, and I, I'm really curious about, one, just the, what it was like to be out there shooting every day, waking up at 3 or 4 a.m. to shoot, and the physicality itself, uh, learning to ride a wagon and work with horses. Sam, I'd like to direct that back to you. Uh, you know, what, if that was uh, in your huge, illustrious career, where this sits uh, in everything that you've done and experienced. Oh, wow. I'm not sure about huge and illustrious, but <laughs> this uh, in terms Humble, of the Western, sure. <clears throat> in terms of the Westerns that I've been fortunate enough to be involved in, this, this is the best one for me for many, many reasons. Um, it's the real deal. I, I feel like this is authentic, as authentic as it possibly could have been. The words on the page, the people on the show, you know, and it was a long journey. It was a five months journey on this trail and it was, everybody suffered on all sides of the cameras, you know, and either from the intense heat or the bitter cold. And, you know, it was a, I think I can speak for, I'm not going to speak for Tim and Isabel, but I think safely it was a, you know, it was a labor of love for everybody involved. 
I don't think there's any secret about that. You know, it's just, That's... it was a gift. It was just an incredible gift, I think. It's certainly, it's my favorite Western I've ever done. And I've, I've worked on other shows that, you know, I feel very strongly about, about what we did, but they all pale compared to this thing, I think. I think you're right for my money. Uh, I, I'm not a person that's been huge into Westerns, but man, did I dive into this. <laughs> uh, and, and one thing that I really appreciate about it is because it's, you know, a, a series, we get a lot of time with each character as opposed to, you know, 90 minutes to two hours. And Isabel, specifically, I want to talk to you. I feel of all the characters, and maybe this isn't a mystery to any, or I don't think anyone would disagree, that you seem to evolve the most throughout the show. We hear from you, it's your voice. Um, can you tell me a little bit of how you prepared for this 18-year-old coming-of-age story on the plains, which is a story that I don't, I can't think of a story that I've seen before in any film or, or TV. <laughs> I would agree with you there. Um, I, I, I read accounts of, of women that had actually taken that, that trek from Texas, Tennessee, other East County, East Coast states to Oregon, um, and specifically teenagers who were women, once you were that age, you were a fully grown woman, perhaps married or with children. Um, there's one in particular, one woman in particular, who I became very invested in named Mad Ann Bailey. <laughs> and she had a pretty remarkable story that kind of somewhat reflected Elsa's uh, story. If anyone thinks that um, Elsa is a bit too fictional for their tastes, I would, I would disagree. Um, yeah, I, I think what's interesting about Elsa's trajectory is, you know, I think when you were a teenager and, and be, becoming a woman, that's probably the greatest growth one could go through in their life. And that's reflected on screen. I don't think you've ever seen that growth during such a treacherous journey or um, a young girl undertaking something like this. Uh, so uh, yeah, I don't think it's ever been made before. And she gets to make mistakes along the way and be frustrating and difficult and experience all sorts of tragedies and fall in love more than once. It's pretty beautiful, pretty epic. It is. I, I, I like to think of it as an epic poem, like the Odyssey I've... or the or something. I love that. And I, I think that that's a really great way to think about it because your voiceover throughout the show, throughout every episode, really, if you kind of strung that all together, I think it, it's, its own it's its own epic poem. Um, and one aspect that I, I really love about your character is her relationship with the other characters. Uh, Tim's character, of course, but also with Faith Hill, who plays your mother. Um, I think there's they, there's a really good, it's, it's I don't know, I, it, it's over time, the way you talk with her, I feel like you become equals by at least episode nine where I'm at. I don't know what happens next, but I feel like now you're at a point where your your conversations, uh, they go back and forth in a way that feels much more like you kind of are becoming your own person, but your your mother is also expressing her love for you in her own way. Uh, and I wanna show a clip of that for the audience uh, that I think really expresses this. I barely recognize you. Barely recognize me either. I'm happier for it. What's the worst that could happen to me, Mama? Mark my words, you will get hurt. How many dead lovers have you laid against? I've been plenty hurt. Don't talk to me about love. You barely understand the concept. 
I worked a sharecropper farm for three years, pregnant with you, while your father lay rotting in a war prison. And how old were you then? 17. Somehow you knew love of my age, but I don't understand the concept. It's different. It's not different. It's exactly the same. Here's the difference. You are my child. When you fall down, and you will, it is my duty to pick you up. I can't do that if I don't know where you are, and if I don't know what you've become. It's not your duty anymore, Mother. Isabel, can you talk to us about that relationship between Margaret and Elsa and, and why that might be dynamic uh, and central to the plot? Well, I think what's so remarkable about the story is that you have these conversations strewn throughout the entire season. Um, so you have it early on and Elsa's in a very different place in her life and Margaret's in a different place. And Margaret kind of continues to repeat herself throughout, but Elsa's response changes. And that's kind of reflective of, of the journey in and of itself. What you're seeing Elsa go through is kind of what everyone's going through. And the narration, as much as it, yes, it's her own, but she's very much telling everyone's story. It's not Elsa's story, in my opinion, at least. It's the uh, this wagon train story. Um, and yeah, that's, I guess all I can say about that. That was that was perfect. And uh, Tim, I actually have a Twitter question from you, so I'm going to read this off my phone. Excuse this weird way of doing it. More technology. Um, but a uh, qu question from Dave Michaels. How did your experience acting in 1883, given the harshness of the trail west and lack of government control, affect your understanding of right and wrong? Did it cause you to reassess your own moral compass? Ooh, um, I don't know. No, I mean, it's so hard to look through the lens of history. So I don't I don't think that it, it changed my own moral compass, but it certainly made me think that um, there were plenty of times during that era where you didn't have time to calculate right and wrong, or you didn't have time to calculate who was a good guy and who was a bad guy. Because if you took that, that, that moment to think about if you're doing the right thing towards this person that's that's showing up that you don't know, if you took a moment to think about that, and if you made the wrong decision, it could mean your life, or it could mean your family's life, or it could mean the people that, that are in your charge's life. So I don't think that, I, I think that that's the morality that's, that's different than today because we have a different sort of lens to look through. I think James, Shay, Thomas, everybody that, that lived along those times and during those times, there were plenty of innocent people that ended up being killed because you didn't have time to ask questions. You didn't have time to, to try to put it on a scale. Um, you, it was all about survival and it was about purely about survival. It was purely about uh, self-preservation um, and family preservation and your people preservation. So um, I, I think if, if, if it changed any view that I had, it was the view that you can't look back and judge the morality of somebody during those times according to what they did because there were there were a whole a completely different set of circumstances and a completely different lens to look through that's great and i feel like something that the show does so well is is show these sort of moral dilemmas and also the sacrifices that come out of it i feel like a lot of shows you watch sacrifices and it feels like it's sort of engineered it doesn't feel necessarily it feels like it's shock value, but here all the sacrifices made, they, they feel earned and you, you just, it hurts that much more. And we actually have yeah. a clip that gets at that very issue. It won't ever make it. 
We'll run the cattle across first. We'll take the wagons over one by one. And I mean us. We'll take all day, but we'll lose half of them if we let them immigrants do it. How are we getting them immigrants crossed? Take all day, too. And at least nobody drowns. That's two days we don't have. We should be in Kansas by now. At some point, they gotta learn to do things for themselves. The only thing they're gonna learn crossing there is how to die. Don't think this is the place to try and teach them something, Captain. It's this to the Rockies. Then it's worse. If they can't cross a fucking river, how are they gonna cross the mountains? Or the goddamn desert we go through first? Don't get mad. We ain't got to do what the farmers say. If you want to swim them across the river, then we'll swim them across the river. I'm mad because he's right. I, Tim, to kind of follow up more on that, something that comes up a lot uh, in that scene and, and other scenes is uh, we're going to go north. No, we're going to go west. You know, it sounds like my wife and I when we get lost on a road trip. But uh, more seriously here, uh, it's a little more the stakes are a little higher. And yeah. uh, I, I felt watching this, I you know, everyone grew up, at least I grew up, you know, in, uh, in my school in Kansas City, reading about the Oregon Trail and you see signs. Hey, this is the Oregon Trail that passed through here. And that was kind of my extent of it. It was a little bit romanticized. Um, so I'm kind of curious how this impacted uh, your preconceived visions of the West Oregon Trail and, and just perception of freedom and the promise to free land. Well, it certainly gives you a perspective on how hard it was and how difficult it was and the difficult decisions that you had to make along the way. Um, I, I, I love, I, for me, I love Shay and and james's relationship throughout this show because i i i think it, you certainly see the it's a sort of alpha male sort of leadership battle that's going on but you also see and i think you see it from the very beginning that there's a lot of respect between the two and i don't think that there there's this animosity i think that there's just a there you know james is pretty stubborn and hard-headed but he also knows that shay knows knows what he's doing so there's this sort of evaluation that's always going on between their relationship about what's the right thing to do so I, I i i think that that probably went on quite a bit i think that um everybody probably evaluated every step of the way of every day that they they traveled if they were doing the right thing if they were going the right way if they had the right provisions if they were making the right decisions i mean i, I did they sleep i mean they're I mean, I, I can't imagine Shay and James or Thomas really ever sleeping during the entire time. I mean, I, the, the troubles and worries that you had to deal with. So, um, and, and we didn't even get to, the, like Shay or, or Sam just alluded to in that scene, we didn't even get to the crossing of the mountains and, and, and where there were no trails and you had to take wheels off and put sleds on and pull things across and, and I mean, it was just incredibly arduous and, and the the strength and fortitude that the people had that made it uh i mean look there's some good stock there from the people that survived that trip and and the, the people that came and the and the and the, and the ancestry that came from that because that was something that um i i would lo love to know what the percentage was of the folks that made it that started out on that trail and started out on that journey because um 
it was hard for us. I mean, and we, I mean, we were one, one millionth of, of what they had to go through, even in the elements that we had to face. But, you know, we got to leave at the end of the day. We got to go home and take a, a hot bath at the end of the day. We got to clean the dirt off of us at the end of the day. So imagine day after day after day for months and months and months on end and fighting the I mean, the elements were probably the toughest thing you had to fight. Then you had the bandits and and way down the list was Native Americans. So, I mean, there, there was just so much that you had to had, had to deal with and fight against. And 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 the and the lack of knowledge of the people who set out across the trail to do that and, and, and the learning curve that they had to just within a few weeks and months just to be able to continue on the journey and, and survive at all. I mean, it was just absolutely incredible. And, and what it makes me do is what, it makes me want to go back and read more about it and find out more about it and sort of discover more stories. I I had the same reaction uh, and, and, you know, not to make this about me, but I, I realized I had all these things from my grandma. I asked her a few years ago uh, where my family came from. They all settled in Montana in the 1880s. So what a weird coincidence, but uh, oh. uh, yeah. Uh, across the and I, you know i i don't think it was quite as harsh as this i'm hoping not but maybe it was and i'm watching this now with that perspective going wow i never even thought about that for more than one minute uh so i appreciate you all bringing that to life i probably made it a week <laughs> i saw you said that <laughs> then you just settled down yeah that was a, I, I had a question for isabella uh you know how long do you think you go would you go all the way to all the way or would you just kind of stop at one point go hey denver's pretty nice No, I mean, yeah, thanks, Sam. <laughs> I think I'd make it. I don't know, maybe I'm a little too I don't know. <laughs> it's tough. Who knows? Uh, but uh, just well, to bring us back from 18. <laughs> I, I think you're all pretty tough. Uh, at least you can ride horses really well, so that counts for something. Uh, but to bring it back from 1883 all the way to 2022, I have some Twitter questions again, uh, this time for Sam. I got a couple, but we'll go to the first one here. Um, from an Aussie fan uh, of both Yellowstone and now 1883 to Isabel, Tim, and Sam, but we'll, we'll direct at you, Sam, for now. I think the show has parallels with today, the pandemic, in showing the strength and resilience people needed just to survive. What are your thoughts about that? Well, that's loaded. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's got, you know, the story certainly has parallels to any modern time. I don't, I don't even think of necessarily during a pandemic. That just kind of ups the odds of the difficulty factor. You know, history tends to repeat itself, you know, and shame on us if we don't learn from past history. And, you know, that that to me is the most disappointing thing about you know the world we're living in today we just keep you know we just keep making the same mistakes it seems like you know we're verging on another world war at the at the moment this moment in time not to descend into politics but uh you know history repeats itself you know it's uh you know we've all been talking about how difficult this journey is you know, it's, uh, and yeah, I agree with Tim totally, wholeheartedly that, you know, there wasn't anybody on this show that was tough enough to make that trip, except for Isabel. And, <laughs> uh, you know, there's, that, that said, I think this country is full of people that could have made that trip and could make that trip today. I mean, we were around a lot of them. 
the people that live outdoors, the people that, you know, can fend for themselves, the hunters, the people that are survivalists, the people that are great horsemen and great wagon drivers, you know, I mean, there's, there's plenty of stock in this country that's tough enough to make this journey today. The trouble is, is that most of us have just gotten soft with modern times, you know, or maybe it's Sam, the unfortunate we've had. I could let you talk forever, and I trust me, I want to, but I'm being told I have to start wrapping things up. But uh, a lot, a lot of good things there to unpack. Uh, I'm going to keep it short for my last question. Uh, I want to ask each of you to sum up the experience of working on 1883, whether or not you would have made it, but the experience of working on 1883 in one word. Uh, I'll start with Tim. Incredible. Just incredible. Um, I mean, I don't know what else I could say. You said one word, so I'll say You got one word. That was great. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I felt like that was an incredible answer. Uh, Isabel, one word. Epic. Everyone already said that. That's a good Epic poem. No, the epic poem thing stuck with me. That was good. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Sam, one word. Overwhelming. <laughs> that seems to have resonated with your fellow uh, cast members. <laughs> uh, I have a, I have a rhetorical question for you. But I love you too. The love is flowing. Uh, Sam, the love is flowing from this last tweet I'm going to read. It's more of a rhetorical question, but how does it feel to be a sex symbol to the over 55 crowd? That's that's your last tweet. (laughs) You don't have to. (laughs) I don't believe that's true. Who told you that? Your mom? On Twitter, it has to be true. Oh, it's on Twitter. I, my mom I would just, agree with that, though. That's I true. Just had a, I just had a, I, I was rumored to have had a, a Twitter account yesterday. It was a fake account that somebody had set up a number of weeks ago. And uh, I was very fortunate that my publicist took it down for me yesterday. So I'm Twitterless at the moment again, and I'm happy to be that. <laughs> well, if anything, too, we get... <laughs> All right, we got two, t- that, you, probably for the best. Uh, Tim, you and I have our own problems still on Twitter, but uh, you know, uh, good for you all being off Twitter. And thank you so much, Sam Elliott, Tim McGraw, Isabel May for joining me today. It really was a terrific discussion and uh, I appreciate it. Love you thank guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, go to WashingtonPostLive.com.